Um, okay. Kira, are you good with running the meeting? And I can walk you through it. You're going to have to walk me through every step. Okay. Ready? Okay. All right. All you, you don't even call the meeting to order because it's not a meeting yet. Okay. And when Ben gets here, then we'll um, stop and you'll call the meeting to order when Ben arrives. Okay. 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 Okay, Kurt, we're ready to roll. Very good. Okay, I'm going to admit Victor in. Okay, this is Jasmine Moore. I'm the sustainability director for the city of Lawrence and Douglas County. Um, it is 5.37 p.m. and uh, the Sustainability Advisory Board uh, does not have quorum yet. So uh, we are going to start with some discussion, um, but there will not be any decisions made until quorum is met, uh, which is six members. So I'm going to start by just going over some hybrid meeting procedures and I'm going to share my screen. So for sustainability advisory board meeting members, uh, if you can turn on your video, if if that's available option for you, um, you can, if it's if your name already doesn't reflect your own name, please go ahead and do that. And you can add your pronouns if you'd like. Um, please mute yourself if you are not speaking. Uh, if you if there's some background noise and you're unmuted, I may mute you just to uh, make it easy for everyone to hear. And feel free to unmute yourself when you are ready. If you're on the phone, you'll need to press star six to mute or unmute yourself. Um, if you'd like, you can hide the self view option. If you don't want to see yourself in a mirror, you can just click those three dots on your camera view and you can hide your self view. Uh, if you need to uh, make the text larger in the chat, you just do either command or control plus sign and that will change the Oh, here comes Ben. And that will change the size of the text in the in the chat. Um, you can use the chat box for any questions or comments uh, related to what we're talking about. But just know that that will only come to me. It will not be seen by the whole group. Um, so uh, if you need it to be seen by the whole group, just let me know and I'll share it, reshare it with the whole group. And then finally, uh, for all motions, they'll need to be stated clearly. And after a motion is made and seconded, the chair, which today that's Kira, uh, will vice chair is serving as chair, will call on board members individually for their vote so that we can record it. Um, another reminder is to state your name each time that you speak, just so that we can make sure that those that are just listening to the audio portion of the meeting um, understand who is speaking at each time. So those are our hybrid meeting procedures. We have one member who is in person here in the chamber, uh, which is Kira, and she'll show up on your Zoom window as well. And I think that, oh, the other reminder is that this meeting is being live broadcast on YouTube as well as Cable 2025. Um, so folks can view the meeting that way as well. So I will stop sharing now. And it looks like Ben joined, which brings us to six. 
And uh, now we have met quorum. So I will ask Kira to officially call the meeting to order. How do I say it? What's the exact wording? Just that you call the meeting to order. All right, the meeting time. The meeting's in order, everybody. Okay. Let me just make a note of the time. Okay. So I'm going to share my screen. This is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director, just to show the agenda for today. Um, you've already done the hybrid meeting procedures. Uh, the next order of business is to approve minutes. So Kira, if you would just ask uh, if folks have had a chance to review the minutes and if there's a motion to approve. Uh, has everybody had a chance to review the minutes? Grammar, I have. Yes, this is Kate Johnson. This is Stan Rasmussen. Yes, I've reviewed them. This is Sarah Chenoweth, uh, board member. I make the motion to approve last month's minutes. And then ask if there's a second. Is there a second? This is Dan Rasmussen, all second. And ask if there's any discussion. Is there any discussion? All right, so the minutes are approved. We have to do a call. Um, oh, I have, to, I have to go through everybody? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, guys. This is my first one. Um, okay, Ben? Uh, I approve. Sarah? Yes. Sorry, I can't see everybody. Stan? Yes. Kay? Yes. Stephen? Yes. Who have I missed? I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? Yourself. Am I the only one I missed? Oh, okay. Uh, I say yes, too. Okay. Minutes passed. Okay. Next up is SAB administration. So you can hand it over to me, Kira. Okay. Um, so for administration items, there are um, a couple related to membership. So we have a new member of the Sustainability Advisory Board, Stephen Kramer. And then we have several members of the board who are eligible for reappointment and their term expires at the end of this year. So um, Stephen, do you wanna just do an introduction of yourself? Okay, um, Stephen Kramer, I'm the owner of JNS Coffee Shop, born and raised in Lawrence, but moved away for about 35 years. Spent the last 16 in Seattle, Washington. Um, during my previous career before the coffee shop, I was in a corporation, uh, executive vice president. And my pertinent background with sustainability is I do have an engineering degree and I have taken two different companies to be Walmart sustainability partners of the year. Um, that's kind of what probably caught uh, Brad's attention. Thank you, Stan, for uh, introducing me on that. Were you welcome. able to hear me? Yes, we heard you okay. and we welcome you. Glad to be here. This is a good topic. 
Right. Re- related to the terms expiring uh, th- at the end of this year, um, they're all eligible for reappointment. I did get a notification from Morgan that uh, she is stepping down. And so she will not be reapp- re- reapplying for appointment. Um, and in fact, uh, her she's turning in her res- resignation. So she will not be at any meetings for the rest of the year. Um, for those that Uh, are on the remainder of this list. Um, Just, you don't have to indicate right now if you'd like to be reappointed. Uh, You will need to fill out the application again, uh, which if you'll remember, was pretty simple, just putting in your name and um, which board you are interested in uh, and let me know so that I can make sure that I communicate that to the uh, city commission. Are there any questions about terms or the process of being reappointed? Okay. Seeing none, Kira, you can lead them to the next thing on the agenda. Can you put it up on my screen so I can see it too? Let's see, I can just see. Does that help? Okay, so now we're gonna have a subcommittee report from the Energy Efficiency and City of Lawrence Operations. Hi, Kate Johnson. I was trying to locate some of the information that I had. Okay, so I am the um, team leader or I think we're calling champions or something like that for our subcommittees. Um, Allison Coons is our uh, a member of our subcommittee, and Jasmine has attended some of our meetings. So our subcommittee is the Clean Energy and Energy Efficiency for City Operations. And just to remind people, um, the statement that goes along with that subcommittee is moving city provided resources, i.e. transportation and other municipal services towards clean energy, including free and clean um, public transportation, visibly promote energy efficient buildings and infrastructure that the city owns or operates show and tell. That's what ended up in our minutes. I would have worded it a little bit differently, but that is our um, mission statement. So, uh, Jasmine, did you get my email requesting that um, we have, starting uh, with our next meeting, September the 14th, that we have different departments come and uh, talk to us um, and make a 20 to 30 minute department presentation about the sustainability activities, including particularly energy efficiency that their department has been doing. This is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Yes, I received that email. Um, There was a request to start out with transit. Um, Unfortunately, uh, well, depending on how you look at it, our transit um, staff will be attending a zero emissions transit conference next week, which is the same time as the um, as the subcommittee meeting. So they won't be able to attend that one, but they are, uh, they have it on their calendar to attend the meeting in October. Okay, that would be great. 
that would be fantastic. That's really the most important thing that I wanted to discuss was uh, the possibility of us having um, these meetings start. And Kira in particular said she was interested in attending when we had the transit um, meeting. And I'll have to look on the calendar. I think that is the second Tuesday of the month uh, from one to two is our meeting time. So I'm not sure what that date is in October. Uh, but we also had said that others from the board could attend. And since we know that six is our quorum, is it, did you say it was six, Jasmine? Yes. So then um, there could be a total of five board members attend uh, that subcommittee meeting. It will be a Zoom and when I have the information, I will send that out. Or maybe Jasmine can. Yeah, I, this is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Um, as, as soon as those are scheduled, and since we already have the transit one scheduled for October, I can send that out to the board members, and then you can just let me know if you're interested in attending. And that way I can make sure that um, if there's um, under quorum for that meeting. Or if it if more than that want to attend, we will just need to make it an official meeting and post it uh, so that the public is aware that it's happening. So we'll go ahead and have a meeting on September 14th. Uh, we can discuss the questions that uh, we want to ask the different departments. Um, but we do have uh, for others information we do have parks and recreation on uh, the list as well as the Lawrence Douglas County Metropolitan um, Planning Organization, the Planning and Development Department, Municipal Services and Operations Police and Fire Medical. Um, that is the list that we have so far. We know that this will take us into next year and um, but we thought we would start by asking the different departments to let us know what they're doing now, planning to do, and then we can ask questions. So if we wanted to make additional recommendations or um, ask them if they have considered other things. We'll probably also be using um, the climate, uh, the Kansas City playbook to or questions to see if that some of those things have been considered. I don't have anything else. Is I don't know if anybody else has any questions or maybe I, Allison is, is Allison there today. Allison's not on the call today. Okay, thanks. Okay, I have a question. Can you okay. go into a little bit more detail about what you want their report to be like? Are you asking? what they've been doing to adapt um, to our Green New Deal. No, they don't call it the Green New Deal. The Five Steps for Sustainability, is that what they renamed it? No, I'm not. Um, we're not asking specific questions. Our uh, upfront, our um, statement to them is this department staff are asked to provide general information, including energy use and efficiency goals, priorities, actions and activities to date and key performance indicators, if they have any. 
And that way, that gives them an opportunity to look at what our um, energy efficiency statement is, and then they can respond to it. They may or may not have uh, developed goals uh, towards energy efficiency. Obviously, transit has. How long ago did you let them know that we wanted to interview them? Have, they, have we given them enough time to prepare for this? This is Jasmine Moore, sustainability, sustainability okay. director. Um, so I, I've been in communication with transit staff. And so I, I'm happy to be the point of contact and coordinate to get those scheduled with our internal departments. So we don't need to worry about that? No. Okay, that's good. Uh, just to qualify, um, to clarify, this is Steve Kramer. They do have a, a working copy of the the points that we're asking them to address, right? I sent Jasmine an email, and that information should have been transmitted to them. Uh, I'm not sure if they were having email trouble. I didn't even know until this call if she for sure got it because they were having email trouble. This is Jasmine Moore, sustainability director. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure that they have the, the framework before they come to the meeting so that they're aware of what the subcommittee will be asking about and expecting. Uh, the other um, piece of information that might be of interest uh, I believe that this, uh, our request fits within the city's strategic plan framework, and at least it addresses efficient and effective processes, sound fiscal stewardship, equity and inclusion, and environmental sustainability. So our request is not out of the ordinary. I mean, it should fit within the framework of the strategic plan. This has been Sykes, uh, board member. Jasmine, are you aware at all if um, some of these other departments have, uh, if not a sustainability ch uh, champion within their own units, at least someone that's liaisoned with you to talk about or think about how to increase sustainability outside of just transit? Like does the fire or police groups have somebody that's doing that? Or are they expecting someone like you to actually be there, the person that does this thing. This is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Um, with the new framework of the strategic plan, uh, it's being communicated that environmental sustainability is expected to be a part of all functions of government. Um, that's one of the reasons why the current budget for the proposed budget for 2022 includes that extra staff position for the sustainability office to help with that transition. So some of what I shared with the city commission last week related to the budget um, is that uh, this is a, a commitment of the city. Um, it is a fairly new commitment when it comes to in writing uh, driving decision making. And so that culture of sustainability hasn't necessarily infiltrated all of our functions in city government. And that transition into um, 
integrating sustainability into the culture of the organization is going to take some time and resources and relationship building and trust building. Um, and so, you know, the, the information that the subcommittee will be asking for will be easier for some departments than others. Um, you know, uh, so when it comes to energy specifically, uh, you know, when it comes to our buildings, we have that data. Um, transit is already leading in this space. Um, but when it comes to things like um, our fleet and our vehicles across the board, that's a newer conversation. So, um, so I say all that with the caveat that we are moving in that direction, um, but it will be easier for some uh, departments than others. And for those that it's a challenge for, they'll probably come back to our office to ask for help for how to how to figure out how to measure that. Uh, I will also add that our strategic plan um, has been developing key performance indicators for all of the different elements of the strategic plan, including those that relate to environmental sustainability. And so we are in the process of developing action steps to help us move the needle on those key performance indicators and setting targets for those key performance indicators. And so that's another area that's in development. Uh, I predict that it will look a lot different today than it will a year from now. Um, and the, the reminder that the hope is that those key performance indicators, those action steps in the strategic plan will be driving decision-making. It will be driving the budget decisions. Uh, and so while for this budget, uh, we didn't quite have it finished uh, in, in enough of a form that it could directly impact um, the budget like it it's possible by this time next year or by the development of the budget next year, we'll be in better shape to, to see that really play out. Thanks a lot for that, um, Jasmine. It sounds like part of that conversation then with these agencies is, is starting to think about how they want to structure their budget to reflect those sustainability priorities, right? And like what the expectations are going to be moving forward and how they can start to think about that within each of their units. Yes. Would it help the conversation if we stopped calling it sustainability and started calling it climate adaptation? and preparedness, climate collapse preparedness. Sustainability is so general and you can get away with a lot of non-climate friendly stuff if you're using the rubric of sustainability. Like have we considered changing the name just to help with messaging and outreach? So this is Jasmine Moore, um, sustainability director. I was gonna pull up the, just the language that was used in the strategic plan. So you have a sense of um, what that says and I'll share my screen again. So within this, the strategic plan, there are six commitments and environmental sustainability is one of those six commitments. and. The way that it reads is a deep respect for our place in relationship with the planet and environment. We consider the environmental consequences of every decision, big and small, knowing that our impacts or our actions have impacts beyond our boundaries. We protect and restore our ecosystem to make it healthier and more balanced for future generations. 
Um, so I want to acknowledge this is one component of sustainability when we think of the larger definition of sustainability. Um, but I think if you look at the other commitments, including sound fiscal stewardship, as well as equity and inclusion, those are the three components that um, come together to make up sustainability uh, as we know it uh, uh, and the work of the sustainability office. So I think there's a few things at play here uh, for the strategic plan purposes. Environmental sustainability is defined as this. Um, when we're having a broader conversation in the community and talking about sustainability, uh, I talk about it in the context of, um, you know, how does this impact people um, and what are the uh, financial consequences of those decisions? Um, and then as we talk about climate, uh, that brings in um, other considerations as well. So I think that the challenge is uh, talking with folks to understand what their values are. And I think that you, oftentimes we'll find that there's elements that connect with their values and that might be more important than what word we use. Um, so that's what I've found successful is, you know, figuring, worrying less about which word, but focusing on, you know, what we're trying to do. I welcome other thoughts on that. This is Stan Rasmussen. I would encourage us to stick with it. Sustainability, I think it's um, broad enough to be inclusive of several things. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but I'm sure everybody knows what they are. I would like to hear from other board members. I'm not so much worried about I, how do I say this? I feel like we really have a lack of urgency in the city and on this board towards uh, what is active climate collapse. And I feel like a lot of uh, that lack of urgency is because we use words like sustainability. And uh, but again, you know, everybody knows me and knows my stance on this. I, I would like to hear from other, other members. Kira, this is Kate Johnson, board member. I don't have any problem with environmental sustainability. And uh, that's really the end of my subcommittee report. So um, I'm finished speaking. Yeah, this has been Sykes. I would, um, I, I really appreciate what, what you're saying too, Kira. I think, think there's urgency around specific climate elements. It, it would be, um, you know, I'm thinking about people that are thinking about uh, how to clean up the river, for example, right? Those fall under what I would call environmental sustainability, but don't have very direct consequences for our climate, right? Like that, that would not be the most effective way to deal with the climate crisis. So I guess, um, I think the climate element mitigation and dealing with the services we provide in the most efficient ways possible 
to deal with greenhouse gas emissions and things like that needs to be a major plank of, of what we're trying to focus on here, but not to the exclusion of all of this, I guess is my opinion. That's mine. Yeah, I, I appreciate your input. Do you have any thoughts, Sarah? Hi, Sarah Chenoweth, board member. My thoughts were very much um, akin to what Ben just said, that I, I totally understand the urgency that comes with being very specific about things, but I think um, uh, that having those sort of laid out and defined and having sustainability like that word in a sense, like defined a little bit within those goals um, will help with that specific and and that yeah like ben said that there there are other things that are are also very very urgent that we don't want to exclude so i i, I think i'm i'm sort of fine with it thank you i appreciate that stephen do you have any thoughts well i've read through the last uh, couple uh, last several months of meetings and I've read several of the letters. Um, this does seem to be a very broad topic. It also seems to be um, a collection as expected. Short range plan, long-term plan, long-term effects, short-term effects. I think as far as overall for this board, sustainability is still a good catchphrase. I would suggest though very strongly that I think your intent of trying to communicate a sense of urgency is actually a very important part of what we do because the community has to wrap their arms around this. It can't be just an SAB. It can't be an administrator. It can't be a single person in the fire department. It needs to be a whole community. But I think for the work that we're doing here, the sustainability is probably still the best phrase given the breadth and the incredibly broad uh, range of goals and topics that are being presented here. Uh, but I don't want to indicate in any way that I feel like the uh, climate issue is less urgent than you're saying here. It, it absolutely is an extremely urgent issue. And I think we've got a lot of visibility to it over the last several weeks in the press. But I would still stick with sustainability, but I would also advise that uh, we need to start getting very specific and very direct. Um, I read a couple of very good letters uh, and they were very pointed, and I think there's some strong, some strong discussions coming up, and more importantly, maybe some strong action plans to be developed. And uh, it's my first meeting. I think I'll stop there while I'm still alive. But thanks this for the chance to weigh in. This is Sarah, board member. Again, I actually just something Stephen just said made me remember way back in the spring when we were talking about like coming up with those lists of priorities, one of the things that Jasmine talked about was um, just like better defining what our board does because it still kind of references being a recycling board with that history. And so I wonder, um, and I, I had listed that like as a priority that that sort of redefinition and like specific conceptualization beyond recycling of what we do. So I wonder if that might be a place where we could very specifically add in like climate or, or any other, you know, specific things beyond just general sustainability that we wanted to say. 
Does anyone else remember that? Hi, this is Kay Johnson, board member. Uh, yes, um, we actually did do that, and we set up our subcommittees in that manner. So we actually already have a subcommittee that is dedicated to uh, climate and ad adaptations and um, that is supposed to dovetail with what um, the sustainability office is doing. So absolutely, and I believe that Jasmine also has a report on that. And I don't know if that is getting it. She's going to be talking about that in her uh, department um you know, report, but I, I would suggest that we, we already do have that priority. And maybe I missed that meeting. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and that's okay. Um, it was when we did the subcommittees, which we based the subcommittees on the priorities. This is Ben Sykes. Um, Kay, you had said something actually early on as well that still resonates with me and gets to the urgency issue is what happens after we make recommendations, right? And so, for example, there's been several recommendations that SAB made before I joined the board and we have new people now that have just joined the board and really don't have that understanding of the history of what SAB has recommended already, what things they worked on but didn't ultimately make a recommendation whether the city commission looked at those recommendations, but then decided not to act on them. Is there, Jasmine, we had talked about that before, I think when Kay brought up the plastic bag one, is there a document or some kind of living thing like that that talks about the initiatives that SAB has taken on, whether or not they went all the way to a recommendation and then whether or not those recommendations were at least um, evaluated by city commission, since we're a rec you know, we're an advisory board, not actually one. But I think that goes to the point of urgency, right? If we work on a bunch of stuff, we make a recommendation and the city commission's not, you know, doing things with it. We can be more forceful, I guess, in our recommendation, I think. This is Jasmine Moore, sustainability director. I, I believe that uh, early on this year, uh, I put together a document that had uh, the different subcommittees uh, historically of the Sustainability Advisory Board um, and recommendations that came out of those priorities and the status of those recommendations. So I can go back and look and make sure that that's available and then resend that out. Um, I think the, the two that are slow right now are the single use bags and then the solar ready development pieces. And I think it's fair to say that those slowed down one because of the pandemic and two because of the strategic plan. And so as the uh, strategic plan was being developed, um, you know, the recommendations that move forward are put through the lens of how does this advance the strategic plan? And those recommendations came be before the strategic plan was finalized. And so there was some um, conversation about, does this still align with, or does it align with the, the new strategic plan? So, um, and then the single use bags, uh, like I mentioned a few months ago, um, there was hesitancy to move that forward during the pandemic because business owners were, feeling uh, the crunch so much uh, uh, and any additional 
things that could be perceived as regulation um, were not things that uh, there was an appetite to move forward at the time. So, um, so that I think th that's a fair assessment of where those two things are. Uh, and then we have a more comprehensive list of what this board as a whole has moved forward in the last at least five years that we can look up and share again. I don't know if it'd be helpful, but as a newest member on the board, first meeting today, uh, I took what Jasmine sent me, which included a description of each of the sub boards, the membership, the champion, a little brief description of what they're entitled or expected to do. Uh, I did look at the uh, minutes from every meeting since March. That's what was readily available on the uh, city site. I was also able to obtain a copy of Mayor Boog's uh, plan from 2012, is it? As well as some subsequent follow-up uh, referendum. But I think Ben's point is probably a very good one. If we had a just a simple journal or log of some kind that talked about things, the recommendations that we have actually passed forward to the city commission and or other relevant organizations and have a follow-up on that um, with any actions that are subsequent, even if it's in holding, just put a quick update under each recommendation until it's resolved one way or the other, either rejected or approved and how it gets followed through on. I think that would be a very good document to have. Uh, but one thing I've noticed that I have not been able to find yet is any of the subboard uh, action points or plans. I found subboards, but I haven't really found any kind of notes on what meetings they have had. And that would be extremely helpful for me to decide which ones to participate on. Other than that, I, I think I had a pretty good overview of what the SAB has done in the last six months. And I appreciate that greatly. Before I call for any public comment, I have a comment of my own. I um, I am not in support of a plastic bag ban right now. I mean, I I uh, I really wish we had gone ahead and passed it when we presented it to the city. They were receptive. They wanted to do it. We should have done it then. I feel really strongly that people are so stressed right now. Businesses are so stressed, and especially workers are so stressed. Um, I, I mostly just work like frontline minimum wage jobs. So I know what I'm talking about. People can't really take any more stress. Anything we do as a board and for initiatives, I really hope that the ideas we come up with are more supportive ideas, ways that we can help people with their environmentalism, things like having free electric buses for everybody, you know, weather safe bus shelters, things like that, but reinforce safe bike lanes, not just bike lines, but reinforced like by concrete barriers and citywide. I want us to do things that will help people be environmentally conscious. I think anything that we do that's significantly disruptive, like a plastic bag ban, at this point of uh, everybody's mental health and stress is just not a good idea. And I think 
because we are in active climate collapse, we need to build a brand as a board, as people that actively are here to help the city people and lift them up and help them in their endeavors not to add more stress. So I just wanted to share that opinion and see if maybe has anybody, before I open it up to the public, see if anybody has a response to that. Uh, this is Sarah Chenoweth, board member. I was not on the board um, when everybody did all the really hard work um, to make that happen, but I did um, when Jasmine sent around that survey to us a few months ago. Um, I and answering the survey of like, do you think this is a good time to to move forward with this or whatever? I I did in my answer, or at least when I thought about it, kind of indicate something very similar to that. Curia again, I was I was not on the board. Then, and, and I know lots of people did a lot of work, but I, I sort of agree that it doesn't quite seem like the time to be uh, imposing like brand new restrictions on, on places, but that's all. I appreciate that. Thanks. Does anybody else have any thoughts? This is Stan Rasmussen. I, I don't know how we even get assigned to certain subcommittees or how we can volunteer for that. I, is there a process for that? I think maybe I just haven't found it on the website. Um, I have suggestions I sent to Makakwa uh, uh, a week or two ago about things I'd like us to consider on future agenda items. So at some point, Tonight, I hope we can take a few minutes for me to go through some of those. But I, I, I agree uh, with uh, Ms. McPherson that we don't need to be causing undue stress. I like the idea of raising environmental awareness in the community. I think that's a, a really good goal. This is Jasmine, Sustainability Director. Uh, Stan, just to answer your question about subcommittees and how to join. Um, right now, the process is just to reach out to the champion from that subcommittee. Uh, and the you know anybody from the public is welcome to participate. It's not limited to just SAB members. Um, those are listed on the SAB website somewhere, but admittedly not uh, immediately. Um, at your fingertips, um, but I'll work on that and work on getting that more prominently put on the website. Uh, but right now it's just a matter of if you see something you're interested in or if you want more information, just to reach out to the, the champion for that subcommittee. Does anybody have any more thoughts before I open it up to the public? I, I want it to be clear that it's not that I'm against a plastic bag ban. I mean, this is something Lawrence should have done like 10 years ago. We are way, way, way behind where we should be as far as even the most basic environmentally friendly and sustainable steps. But I just really 
want us to put forth things that support people. I feel like uh, there's a certain kind of setting people up to fail and then punishing them for failing where we want people to bike, but then we don't put in safe reinforced bike lanes. We want people to bus, but then the buses aren't free. They're not widely available. The bus shelters are, there are no bus shelters mostly. Um, I, I want us to remember that phrase that we're not going to set people up to fail and then punish them for failing. I want us to do things that make it so easy for people to be environmentally uh, conscious people. But I, again, want us to remember that when we have such a widespread misinformation epidemic, and when we have a lot of uh, people who don't know how to trust or who to believe, we need to make sure that we are doing things that don't add stress and we are doing things that support people and make their lives easier. And I hope, I hope we remember that as we come up, you know, if, as we work on our subcommittees, especially the, the climate subcommittee. Um, should I, I open? I should. Uh, this is Kay Johnson, board member. And I don't disagree at all with what you're saying, Kira. I agree we want to make things easy and simple. I also want to make the board work um, important. And if, and it doesn't really matter what we suggest to the council, but if board members work to develop a proposal or um, a recommendation, then I think there needs to be more discussion about that. This particular topic we got off of our agenda, we could bring it back and put it on another agenda. I don't have a bit of problem with that. I think that right now is not the appropriate time to talk about the bag issue. We kind of veered off because um, that was mentioned, Ben mentioned that I had asked about what are the responsibilities of our, our board and that to the uh, city commission. I really feel like that when we make a recommendation, um, you know, we should see some movement out of it. But we didn't know pandemic was gonna happen. <laughs> so um, I, I think it would be easily uh, to, easy to put it on agenda item again to bring that up to see how we feel about it now because I think that you're right, many of us are not that interested in a plastic bag uh, proposal right now. But I think we need to do it in, in an agenda item that is um, you know, put on the agenda so that everybody can be aware of it and, be, and participate in the discussion, including the ones that um, you know, I wasn't on the board when the report was made either. So there may be others that have other opinions, but um, the most important thing is I think that we need to follow our agenda and, um, and maybe put that on uh, next month. Because I don't, it, it doesn't bother me if we decide to do something different or change our recommendation. I think that's perfectly fine. I think what bothers me the most is that we keep getting off of our agenda. 
and things need to be well thought out and put on our agenda so that we can, so everybody can discuss them. Because I'm not sure what you're asking the public to discuss when you said we're going to open this up to the public. I had a subcommittee meeting report. That's all. So I don't, I don't think right now is the time to ask people their opinion on this. Personally, I believe it should be scheduled on an agenda item. Um, I think I was just going to open it up to the public because those are the Roberts rules, right? This is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Yeah, the, the public comment was just in response to the subcommittee report, not specifically to the conversation that just happened, but specifically related to the subcommittee. Is there any public to open it up to? So there's one person in, 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 in the chamber, um, but I don't think she's interested in public comment. Is that correct? Okay. And there is one person on Zoom who raised their hand and would like to make public comment. So Victor, you can go ahead. So it's, it seems to me that the plastic ban isn't enforced or is not um, already a thing. I was under the impression that it was. I would just move to Kansas or to Lawrence, so I, I didn't know that. But I, I voiced what Kira had to say. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I voiced that the public needs to know that this is an emergency and if this is not a good time, then when is the good time? This is, this is a good time to do what needs to be done to prevent uh, the catastrophes that are happening around the world. So if I'm not on the board, um, hopefully I, I would like some information to learn more about it, but people who are in power have the responsibility to act and do what it's needed to do and do what it's needed to protect everyone. So I don't think doing that will add some strain to people. It may cause some, um, what's the word, inconvenience at first, but it'll take time for people to adapt. And that's what it's needed to happen. That's my comment. Thank you, Victor. I appreciate you coming. I hope you come back next month too. Um, I, I will just say to that, um, Victor, I 100% agree. We're in active climate collapse. We need to act like it's an emergency. I feel really strongly that the city um, is not acting like it's an emergency. I feel like the departments either aren't aware of climate science or they've been unduly influenced by people who don't understand it. And uh, Lawrence really likes its reputation as being very environmentally friendly and progressive, but the reality is it's just not. We're not as diverse as we like to say we are. We're not as environmentally progressive. So I, I am full, fully supportive about anything we can do to treat the active climate collapse like the emergency it is. Um, I just want to make sure that any efforts that we take or any proposals that we bring to the city 
uh, center people who are already stressed and struggling and, and uh, burdened that we like, none of this is about us. This isn't about our resumes, anything that we get done. It's just not about us. It's, it's about trying to make life a little bit easier for the people in Lawrence. Um, which is why I, I hope that we will push things like free buses and free and better bus shelters and better bike lanes. Um, and like I said, it's not that I don't want to do the plastic bag ban. We should have done it years ago. But I feel like because we are also not just in a pandemic and not just in active climate collapse, but we are also in one of the worst misinformation crises that I think the world has ever seen. I feel like we really need to build a reputation where the people of Lawrence see us as a, as a board that has their best interest in heart at heart and that we are actively working to support them and to not make their life any more difficult. I, um, I feel like environmentalism for decades kind of lost its way by putting uh, emphasis on people on individual efforts. And um, I really hope that we put the responsibility where it belongs, you know, back on people who do have the power. So I, I, it's not that I don't support the plastic bag ban. I support it. I just don't want to add any stress and I want the, people of Lawrence to, I'm repeating myself, but I want the people of Lawrence to feel like we take the climate collapse seriously, that we're actively working on our climate planning and that the climate planning first and foremost uh, centers justice, which means, you know, it's like the medical thing where you first do no harm. I, I don't want us to make anybody's life any harder right now. Um, I don't know if people have looked at some of the police reports coming out, like the police scanners, but we are in a really, really bad way. People are as stressed as they have ever been. And I just don't want to add to that. I want us to make sure that we think about disenfranchised people or broke people or stressed people when we make our, our suggestions. But um, I really appreciate your comments, Victor, and I hope you'll keep coming back. We need people like you at the meetings. Thank you. So um, this has been Sykes, SAB member. Um, I know we're getting, did we talk about the climate action plan? You had just mentioned that, Kira. So I was just, did we already do this staff report climate action plan, Jasmine? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I thought that's what we were, we were referencing. We, um, we've been having a real problem with people saying that they will meet and that not responding to emails and not meeting, we really, really need to start meeting weekly and we need to start actively working on, on the climate planning subcommittee. Oh, I was talking about the staff report. I think Jasmine had, has one. That, at least that was on the agenda. Sorry, I wasn't talking about the subcommittee. I was talking about, I think there's a, a report from her office on climate action plan update list is what I saw. Is that, okay. is that right, Jasmine? Yes. Kira, if we're ready, we can move to that. Are you good? I'm sorry, what? If you're ready, we can transition to the staff update. We don't have a report. We we haven't been meeting. Um, I have a report. Oh, you've got the report. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Sorry. 
Okay, so um, the this is Jasmine Moore, sustainability director. Um, I am going to give an update on the climate action plan. Um, this was uh, developed um, with partnership uh, and foundational conversations uh, of the climate action planning subcommittee from last year. So uh, the foundation that that group uh, laid last year has really shaped the approach to the plan. So I am going to share and give an update on where we are. So um, the Climate Action Plan uh, is a joint effort uh, between Douglas County and the City of Lawrence. Um, it started out just as City of Lawrence, but um, as we thought more about uh, the how climate is not just unique to uh, a unique challenge to Lawrence, and this is another a priority that the county shares as well. So this is a joint planning process that is uh, that mirrors a lot of the other planning processes that we have in our community, including our food system plan that was developed through the sustainability office as well several years back. So uh, the climate action plan is really centered in three things. Um, the first is what is our impact on the planet and on our uh, community? The second is how are we adapting to the extreme weather conditions that we are seeing more of? And then the third is uh, this is all um, about relationships and engagement with our community around these topics. So we really see these as the three components of our climate action plan. So one is reducing greenhouse gas emissions and our impact on our environment. Two is extreme weather and um, increasing frequency of that extreme weather. And then third is the community engagement component and how that uh, will be important with the implementation and um, accountability for our plan. So, um, you know, this came up earlier in the conversation and I wanted to make sure that you all know that the equity is driving our approach to our climate planning process. Um, and this is just giving a, a snapshot of an, a report that just came out recently from the EPA, uh, there's some press about it, how uh, climate change, this is specifically related to uh, racial minorities in the US and how those are the communities that will be hit hardest uh, and detailing the long list of ways that they will be hit hardest. Um, we know that the consequences of, of climate change will affect everybody, but our frontline communities are gonna be the ones that are hit first and worst and their ability to adapt and uh, recover from, from those events um, are not the same as everybody. So we are keeping that in mind as we do our planning process, as we will be developing strategies, um, we're gonna be asking questions to uh, really set an equity framework to all of the work related to our climate plan. So um, I'm going to start off just by giving a, a background about conditions and uh, context. So this locally specific plan is in the context of a larger regional plan. Um, 
the climate action plan for the Kansas City metro area plus Douglas County was adopted over the last year or so and or was developed over the last year or so and adopted earlier this year. And it is goal is really to look at a regional, large regional area, and what are some ways that uh, the large regional area can um, approach and react to climate change. Uh, this plan, the website's on here if you're interested in more information. Um, it was a uh, uh, in partnership with a, a lot of organizations um, and even some even international organizations. It was led by the Metropolitan Planning Organization for the Kansas City Metro Area, which is the Mid-America Regional Council. Um, we were invited to participate as a, a member county and community because of our um, our reputation for uh, being active in climate action and previous um, previous action related to uh, sustainability and um, our reputation. So I wanted to share that. Um, so the what I wanted to do next is talk about our climate vulnerabilities. So. So this is the simplified version, but uh, looking at the probability and the consequence and what is the what's at highest risk for our community when it comes to extreme weather. Um, so it comes down to a few things. One is extreme flooding. So we will see more flooding events and they will there will be more um, volume when it comes to flooding events. Um, extreme temperatures. Uh, mostly heat is what we're concerned about, but there will also be some extreme cold and then drought. Uh, so those are the three elements that are the highest probability and have the highest consequence when it comes to um, climate vulnerability in our community. Um, so I wanted to include some information about some Local emissions, uh, this is just a little bit outdated, but it gives an idea of where our previous targets were uh, as it relates to greenhouse gas emissions and where we are so far. So um, the targets that were set you know, over a decade ago were to have an 80% reduction by 2050. Um, the latest numbers that we have uh, using um, 2017 data was that we're down 26%. Um, so we're on the path, but there's still a long ways to go. And this is also um, just for transparency, this, these are using the numbers and goals set a decade ago. So as was mentioned earlier, we know that we need to be much more aggressive in our uh, reduction. And so even this uh, doesn't show us where we need to be necessarily uh, when it comes to greenhouse gas emissions. Um, this is a profile of greenhouse gas emissions for the region. So this isn't necessarily specific to Lawrence and Douglas County. We will we can get we can drill down into those numbers, but this is the larger regional uh, numbers, which aren't too far from um, from our numbers specifically. Uh, when it looks at um, overall the contributions to greenhouse gas emissions, it's shown in two different ways. Um, the first circle here shows that residential buildings are responsible for 29% of emissions. Commercial and institutional buildings combined are responsible for 32% of emissions. 
the transportation se sector is the largest uh, largest piece of the pie at 32, 34% of emissions. So when you're thinking about um, what are the biggest opportunities to reduce our emissions? This gives you a sense of where that is. Um, manufacturing and industrial buildings make up 2% and the waste sector makes up 3%. So um, I wanted to share that for context. It's, it's really about energy buildings and transportation as the biggest opportunities. So stress was something that came up earlier as well. Um, this is some analysis that was done at the regional level and we can drill down into Douglas County as well. Um, but socioeconomic stress is another important factor to look at when we talk about climate. And uh, this is an index that was developed um, using all uh, several different data sources. But what you need to know is that the dark blue are the communities, and these are broken down by census tract, I believe. Those are the communities that are experiencing the highest socioeconomic stress currently. And we know that um, climate will exacerbate, exacerbate that stress. And uh, going back to an earlier slide, uh, indicate that those communities will have a harder time recovering from um, an extreme weather event or other climate related um, impact. The regional uh, climate action plan done at that Kansas City Metro plus Douglas County level broke down their action plan into these different sectors. And so I wanted to demonstrate that um, we are not starting from scratch on the the Lawrence and Douglas County plan. Um, we are building on the work that's already been done in our community. Um, we, we have a climate protection plan from a decade ago. That is not work that's being thrown out. Um, a lot of that is still valid. Uh, and we have this regional resource as a guide as well. Some of these things are going to be relevant to us and some of them are not. So each of these uh, Topic areas have specific action items and strategies underneath them. Um, we have those as resources that we can say, yes, this is relevant to us, or this doesn't make sense in our community. So, or this is almost there, but we need to tweak it so to make it sure that it's custom to our community. I highlighted these three top uh, categories because these I really see as necessary to advance any of the other categories. Um, these are overarching rather than independent. Um, so collaboration and leadership, this is really talking about um, one, local governments as leaders in this space and how can we collaborate, but also acknowledging that there are other leaders, institutional leaders in our community, um, business leaders in our community uh, that can collaborate and really make things happen uh, more quickly. The second is innovation and finance. Uh, I was just listening to um, a podcast earlier today that talked about uh, the debt associated with coal plants and how that is a barrier for moving more quickly to wind or solar because uh, utility companies have this debt of coal. And there's some really creative things um, 
that uh, are possibilities to help move that debt off the off the books for coal and allow utility companies to move towards solar and wind more quickly. Um, but without those tools, uh, that would be a much more difficult process. And so acknowledging that we need innovation and we need finance to help make sure that we're moving uh, and supporting all the other categories. And then community resilience. Um, this is one where it's specifically focused on how are we uh, preparing for climate? Um, how are we adapting our services that we offer uh, so that we can be more responsive and be ready uh, and more prepared for, for climate? Um, so that's including things that are very practical, like an emergency, emergency kit, um, two things that are less obvious um, and we've actually seen play out with the COVID pandemic related to uh, the importance of social cohesions or connections with the community. And so if you know that your neighbor um, is uh, uh, someone who is homebound and the power goes out and um, in an extreme heat condition um, and you already have a relationship with them, then you know that that's someone that you need to check on um, because if not, that could be a fatal situation. So things like that, where it's about community connection and knowing who, who is in your community, who is vulnerable and uh, who's available to help. So these are the six things that the, the climate subcommittee came up with last year. And so I wanted to bring them up again because I wanted to let you know that th these are the things that, that you all discussed and that are still relevant to this process. Um, so when we surveyed the group, we asked like, what is most important for this plan? And these are the six things that came up. So I'm gonna read through them just quickly. Um, so one, understanding that there's a desire to preserve and respect the environment is a learned value and can be taught to others. I think we heard about that today. Recognizing that work must be done at the individual and systemic level to, pri to prioritize the value of all life, including vulnerable populations. That is another thing that came up today. Acknowledging the social barriers to access to healthcare, secure housing, food, the things we need. The elevation of voices of those most immediately affected by climate change, particularly black and indigenous people of color, disabled and low income communities. Five, creating a Douglas or a Lawrence and Douglas County where everyone has what they need, jobs, safety, food, housing. And finally, success would look like the implementation of the plan at all levels of engagement, creating a living document that encourages the individual and systemic capacity for change. So I, I wanted to highlight that because those are the conversations that we had last year as we were trying to figure out um, how to drive this climate action plan and what success would look like through this process. And I um, am hopeful that the, the engagement strategy that we've created um, helps to uh, touch these points and that the plan ultimately will address all of these. So the next part is the engagement 
part uh, because that's a really important piece of this planning process. Um, so there's a couple different strategies that we're using. One is community coordinators. This is, these are not specifically them, but um, this gives you a sense of what we're looking for. Uh, we are working with, in partnership with a community, a couple community organizations, who will be uh, compensating people from those frontline communities that we talked about earlier for their time and energy and expertise. So we'll, we'll be working specifically with uh, people from frontline communities to talk with their neighbors, to talk with their friends, to talk with their coworkers, to collect stories, to um, engage in conversation and get information from um, people who traditionally would not participate in a city county planning process. Uh, so we are excited to um, to start that process, uh, and this is a model that we've used before for our food system plan, and some others in the community have used as well. Um, another um, another term for this is uh, it's based on a community health worker uh, model as well. So if that's if you're in the health field, you might be familiar with that model. But it's about um, empowering the people who are impacted most, affected most by climate change, um, inviting them to the table and compensating them for their time. Because as we mentioned earlier, there are lots of stresses and it's difficult to ask um, someone who's experiencing all of those stresses to come and give their time of their, their volunteer time to uh, share, uh, share all of their struggles uh, related to this issue. The second uh, way that we are engaging community is through a community survey. Um, we are, uh, it's actually live right now, uh, just in the last couple hours it went live. This is a way for anybody in the community to participate. Um, right now we have our first survey up with it, which is just a short 12 questions. And one of those questions is like, which area of areas are you most interested, which topic areas are you most interested in? And then we can circle back and target them um, to get feedback from them as we develop the plan further. And then the other component is uh, based on a um, citizen science uh, scientist model um, where we are gonna be asking the community for feedback and data related to um, climate specific topics. So this is just one example um, of a friend who did some heat mapping. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to this level of data collection, but the idea is that we will be going back out into the community asking the community members for their expertise on what they are seeing out in the field. And then the third way that we are engaging with the community is recruiting climate ambassadors. So we are looking for people uh, in our community who are willing to have conversations with people that are neighbors or friends or coworkers um, as it relates to climate issues. Um, we have a variety of ways that people can participate. It can be virtually, it can be a conversation over coffee maybe. Um, 
uh, it can be as simple as we give them a, a question prompt and they have a discussion about it. Or there's we have some options where um, if you're up for facilitating the book club, we have the book club questions related to climate and uh, we have all the materials for people to do that. So we are the intent is to provide a wide variety of ways for people to get engaged, um, to encourage more conversations within the community about climate and to get some of that feedback uh, as a result of those conversations to help drive our community um, community climate plan. So in addition to providing feedback and using your voice in the process, we're also inviting uh, folks to take climate action. And uh, one of the ways that we're doing this is to uh, invite people to create their own personalized climate action plan. And the one of the ways we're doing that is to um, use this tool, which is inviting people to identify what brings you joy, what you're good at, and then what's the work that needs doing as it relates to climate. And the intersection of all those things is your personalized climate action plan. It's not, we are not, we know that it's not a cookie cutter thing that we're not asking everybody to turn the light off when they leave the room, even though like everybody should do that. That's not the most impactful thing that that we, we should ask people, we should ask people to use their talents and passions to work on climate in whatever fashion that is. So if what brings you joy is spreadsheets and um, uh, financial stuff, then you could use that um, use that joy to dig into maybe like an investment portfolio or, you know, some budgeting, you know, um, there were plenty of here people here last week that were that looked at the budget. So there's lots of ways that um, people can use what they are passionate about, what they're good at, to bring their talents to this work. So uh, we want to empower people to um, get involved at all levels. So finally, I just end with this slide because this is. This is what brings me joy. These are my two boys. And this is another reason why I am in this work is because of their futures. And um, so it, I think it's always important to ground the work that we're, we're talking about um, and who we're working for. So this is who I'm working for. The climate action site is live at lawrenceks.org slash climate. It's also at douglascountyks.org slash climate. And I will... Um, share that website now, just so you have a sense of what that looks like. Um, we are, this is the, this is the uh, slow, soft launch of our website. So this will be built out as we go through the process. Um, but this is our home page. We have our timeline, ways to participate, ways to contact us, our guiding values. Um, so here's some information about the timeline too, uh, but this will grow as we go through the process. So here's the place to take the survey. Here's the place to become a climate ambassador. Um, and you can contact us with questions. So, so that's the, the big overview of where we are. 
and um, I'll stop there and see what questions you have. This is Sarah, uh, SAB board member. I don't have any questions, but I just wanna say that was really awesome, Jasmine. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I look forward to seeing more about that and I, I didn't know about a lot of that. So um, I wish that uh, more people, community members of the public had been here to hear about that, but um, it's very exciting, so thanks. This is Stan Rasmussen, board member. Jasmine, can you send us the presentation you just showed to everybody? Yes, I will add it in the minutes and I'll send it around. I did Thank not you. finish it until today, so sorry about that. Did not get it in advance. It really so, is wonderful, Jasmine. Sorry. Sorry, Ben. No, you're welcome. Go ahead. No, no, I'm done. I just was saying it really is so great. That's a wonderful plan. Yeah, I really think it's fantastic. Jasmine, I just had a question. When you show all that data up front, I really get excited about data, you know, because I work with a lot of data and you have potentially, with any luck, the, a new data analyst position that's going to come in, right, for the sustainability group. When you think about that person, maybe it will be persons eventually, um, do you see them doing the kind of, uh, you know, you showed some spatial analyses, right? So like figuring out who's you know, you had your axes of who's the most vulnerable and who's the, who, what the, the hardest hits are going to be, or is that trying to find those communities and reach out to them and target community champions or whatever they were called in, in those communities? Is that person likely to do that? Are they, are they likely to help the individual agencies within city of Lawrence to, you know, make impacts on their own carbon footprints rapidly? Um, you know, data covers a lot of things and, and you just showed something that's very, very different. And it's kind of like how I think about data, like geospatial kind of things like that, right? Which is very different from analyzing um, municipal services and how they can reduce their carbon footprint. This is Jasmine, um, sustainability director. Yes, uh, the answer is, uh, I expect that this analyst will be working on a wide variety of things, um, including internal services and looking at our data internally, and as well as community-wide data. And um, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, and so I'm gonna be working on the job description over the next month or so for this position. So I'll have a little bit better idea uh, by this time next month, but um, you're right, there's just so much to do. I will say that we have a fantastic uh, GIS department, both of the city and the county. And so, um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily that the new position will have to do all of that analysis, but the new position will help us think through what questions do we need to ask and then work with our teams to, to make sure we can do that analysis, so.
I, I just had one comment or thought at least uh, on the community engagement and trying to get people. One of the things with the uh, weed and landscaping ordinance subcommittee that we've been working on is um, we found the Lawrence listens website and started looking at the complaints that people have put in that the city team that would, that oversees the weed stuff has to deal with. And, and in fact, it was really interesting to see what people put on there and anonymously. And I wonder if you had any thoughts about ways to engage the community effectively and not kind of get the, the Yelp of, right? Like you get, you get the people that are really upset and then you get the people and a lot of people are anonymous on there or, um, anyways, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag in these community engagements. I don't know if you guys have thought any more about that in, in trying to get effective data on how people can make contributions or, or what people are most concerned about for their communities. So I'm, this is Jasmine, sustainability director. I'm going to just click over to the survey just so you can get a sense of what our initial questions are um, and then talk through. Uh, so our intent for this first survey is really just to make it very simple and approachable. So if, if um, you know, like I said, there's 12 questions. So that's easy for, for most people to fill out. And um, we have some open-ended questions, but um, those aren't required. Um, so we're asking, you know, what are the top environmental issues facing you and your neighbors? Um, and we're asking, uh, how much have you thought about preparing for extreme weather? We're asking, how much have you thought about taking action to reduce greenhouse gas emissions? Um, asking about some heating and cooling uh, and um, how people get around related to transportation and connecting it back to health. Um, so we think just by asking this question, people might start to ask themselves how that's related to climate. Um, and then for 11, we're asking, which of these topics are you most interested in participating in? And so if somebody clicks all of them, they can, um, but transportation, then we'll, we'll know to follow back up with them specifically as we work on the transportation section. Um, there's an option of giving your email if you want that kind of follow up or you don't have to, and you can just sit, hit submit and we're good to go. Um, the next pages about demographic information so that we can see who is filling out the survey and if that's reflective of our community or certain pockets of our community. And so we're hopeful that that will help us identify if we need to do some more targeted outreach to specific groups or specific geographies within the, the community. So um, that is our entry point is that first survey. And then um, like I said, we're we're looking at that citizen scientist model of um, going back to the community to ask specific questions. Uh, and so if people are interested in staying involved throughout the whole process and giving us feedback throughout the whole process, they can. But if they just want to fill out this one survey, that's fine, too. So we're trying to give a range of options of ways people can get involved. Um, and it may be through the survey, it may be through more than one survey, or it could be they're interested in that community ambassador role where they're going out and talking with their friends and family about climate issues. So we have a multi-pronged approach to engagement. Jasmine, this is Stan Rasmussen. Uh if somebody goes to the city's webpage, how do they find this survey? 
unless they're specifically looking for it. So let me share again. Um, if you go to the city's homepage, um, the climate action plan is one of the um, headers and you just click on that. It'll take you to the climate action page and then you just scroll down or you click on participate and it's uh, it's right there. So um, so that's where it is right now. It's and we tried to make it prominent on the city homepage. And then, like I said, this is our, our soft launch. The survey just went live today. So we will be doing more um, more uh, strategic communication about that the survey is available, ways to get involved, that kind of thing will be rolling out throughout the rest of the month. So even for the Sustainability Advisory Board um, email list, there's over 300 people just on that one list who get notified about these meetings. So we have um, a lot of ways to push out the information. Um, it also went out in the utility bills this month. So um, we're, we have some communication strategies to get the word out, but you, you saw it first today. <laughs> Thank you. Any other questions on this? Are you working with the library to get the word out at all? Yes. So Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Um, the library was one of our key partners pre-pandemic when we were um, ready to roll things out. Um, and so we're still in communication with them. We had some really big things planned for in-person stuff that I'm sad will not happen anymore. But um, yes, we're working with the library and they're a great partner. Okay, that's good to know. This is Stan Rasmussen. Do we have time in the agenda to for me to suggest a few things for future discussion and let us know about an event happening in Lawrence that we might be interested in, things like that? This is Jasmine, Sustainability Director. Um, if I'm that was all the staff update that I had. So if you like, uh, Kira, you can move on to the the future agenda items, which I think is what Stan was asking about. Does that sound right to you? So I just say it? Yep. Okay, so we're gonna move on to the future agenda items and it sounds like Stan has some comments. Thank you. Um, the first one I'll put in the chat um, uh, for everyone, it concerns the National Drive Electric Week event being held in Lawrence and South Park on 25 September. And I put a link in there to that. Um, it's my understanding that the mayor's gonna speak at this or attend. Um, 
it's being uh, hosted by the Clean Cities Program, which is part of the Metro Energy Center uh, uh, out of Kansas City. And it's my understanding they're going to have a variety of electric vehicles there, ranging from things like street sweepers and fire trucks and whatnot that could be beneficial for a city to use. So like I said, it's part of the Clean Cities Program. And I, I plan to go check it out, and I would curry, encourage other people on our board to go check it out. It's September 25th from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And that link allows you to get more information about it. And then I would like to see us a um, couple other things for us to consider on future agenda items. One of them is I'd like for this board to talk about how Lawrence and Douglas County can position ourselves, position the community to access funding that's likely going to be available from the Congressional Infrastructure Bill. And I, I, in my job, have been having conversations with officials from the state of Kansas about how the state might be able to position themselves to address energy resilience, energy sustainability, climate resilience, climate adaptation, things like that because they anticipate funding from the infrastructure bill. And I think we should be well prepared as I'd like to see Lawrence and Douglas County prepared to act quickly to capitalize on potential funding opportunities. And the infrastructure bill that's, I believe is passed out of the Senate and is sitting in the house waiting approval has uh, provisions in it concerning clean water infrastructure Sure, resiliency, $125 million allocated for that. Drinking water infrastructure and treatment of emerging contaminants, $55 billion allocated for that. Environmental justice grant programs, climate change mitigation and adaptation, $150 million allocated towards that. Zero emission vehicles, 7.5 billion allocated towards that. Brownfields cleanup, 1.5 billion. And there's probably more that I'm not aware of. But I think there's going to be funding opportunities for communities and we need to be first in line. I'd like to see us discuss how we can best position ourselves for that. Can the board, what can we do as a board to help better position the city? And then the other thing I'd like us to consider on future agenda items is I'd like to know more about like the hazardous waste recycling facility and the, the ham recycling facility for our municipal recyclables. Um, I'd like to know more about our landfill and our wastewater and our water treatment facilities. And I'd, I'd like the board to consider arranging some tours for SAB members to visit these facilities and learn more about what are we already doing in our community so that we can better understand what we have so that as we try to plan in the future, we can have a better idea of, you know, where, where the gaps might be, what we can focus on, what are we already doing well, what do we need to improve upon. So I'd like us to consider arranging some tours or visits to some of these facilities. And that's probably enough for now, but those are things that I'd like to consider. 
in the future. In addition to what we already have on our, our list of potential things to consider. So Stan, that's all. Is, Stan, is that when the car show is? The old car show that they have in South Park? Is that the same day? I have no idea. Oh, I love that. It's so fun. All those old cars. That's good to know about. I think all of your ideas are really good. I like them. I would like to do all those too. Just a couple of quick points. Oh, sorry, Steve, did you want to go ahead? Uh, I just want to emphasize uh, what Stan said. A lot of what I was reading and a lot of the work I've done in the past, uh, so much of the actions that we can take that would be meaningful. And when I say meaningful, everything we do is meaningful. But Pareto's rule. I mean, if we take the top 20% of things that we could actually achieve, we're going to accomplish maybe 80% of the good. Uh, no, I don't think it's that simple. But still, getting some focus and priority, we'll still get hamstrung if we can't fight it. And I think the grant proposals, the grant writing, the grant awareness, uh, everything comes down to what can we put in the city budget. And that's a huge area. And as Dan has already remarked, uh, there is a national movement afoot. There is inertia momentum. And if we're not at the train station when the train goes by, we'll be empty handed. I also really like the idea of going on the tours, but also getting some of the subject matter experts that are out there. If we've got to find priorities of these sub teams, uh, there's a lot of firsthand information, a lot of people who know an awful lot about these topics. And I, for one, would love to hear from them. Uh, I don't want to sit on an advisory board thinking I'm going to get everything I need to know from the internet. Uh, we need to talk to the experts. We need to get out. We need to do some footwork. We need to go see some of these things and really see and hear what some of these experts who live and breathe it every day have to say about it. So I completely wholeheartedly agree with Stan. And uh, five for one for the next month, I'm going to be looking quite a bit at trying to figure out exactly what our KPIs are, uh, what our goals are, and what we are deciding to focus upon. Um, I've read quite a bit but I'm still very fuzzy on what it is we're really trying to achieve right now. Long-term, short-term, whatever. But um, I totally agree with Stan. Get more information, get educated, get the subject matter experts, but really get awareness of where the funding comes from and take advantage of it. That's it. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up, Stan. So um, I was supposed to, I'm so glad that you brought up tours. I actually reached out right, right before you joined the board, Stan, we had a presentation from Municipal Services. We had uh, Trevor Flynn and Aveen, um, Jasmine, I don't remember. Sorry. Thank you. Um, present to us about several of the city municipal services, mostly around water and wastewater. And, um, but there was some discussion also about um, waste and changes in those things. I reached out to him about doing a tour and um, of wastewater specifically and or specific places that he would want to go. And he said he would be happy to do a small tour for anybody from SAB that was interested. And I told him I would ask at this meeting for who was interested. So I'm really, really glad that you brought that up because I was going to forget to do that. He said he does have a tentative tour set up with a KU group. Um, I work at KU and I, I was going to go with them on 922. Um, if nobody else from SAB was interested, but if it sounds like there are plenty of others interested in, and he said he would be happy to give us a tour and talk about some of those issues with the city and particularly like the aging infrastructure close to downtown compared to some of the newer wastewater plants out, outside of town and things like that. But some of the things they're doing. 
So maybe I can send an email around just to gauge interest and people can respond to that. Uh, and I'll try and set up a time with him. That's just one aspect, I think, of what you're talking This is Jasmine Moore, Sustainability Director. Um, on that note, uh, Avin um, has left the city. And so I've wanted to also announce that there is an environmental manager position that is now open and posted. So if anyone is uh, interested or knows folks that are um, have experience with environmental compliance um, and are interested in being a champion for sustainability within you know, our city infrastructure, uh, there is an open position on the lawrenceks.org slash jobs and just look for environmental manager there. I'll also post it in the notes uh, for the minutes. The second point you made, Stan, I think is, is also really salient is, is trying to figure out, you know, they're going to call them things like shovel ready, right? So if we can come up with specific things that we want to do that are asks that the, the city is ready to do, we can make recommendations about them. Once that, that tap opens, that's the first things that are going to get funded are things that have been thought about, things that have been vetted. Maybe they're vetted through this climate action plan that Jasmine just talked about, right? And we say, look, we're ready to go. All we've needed is this infrastructure dollars to get it done. And, and we're not the only ones that are thinking that way. So the sooner we can get towards it, I think better. Sarah, did you have any thoughts that you wanted to share? Does anybody have any thoughts that they would like to share about anything that Stan and Steve said? Should I open it to the public? Well, this is Stan. I'll, I'm gonna bring up one more thing that uh, didn't get mentioned. And, and that is uh, maybe another topic to consider is why we don't have recycling for businesses. Why is that not available for businesses? I don't know. I don't know if it's a capacity issue for handling the recycling. I don't know if it's a, a fee related issue, but I, that's something I'd like us to explore at some point too, because I think there's businesses out there that would like to be able to recycle and they don't really have that option available to them through the city waste handling service. I uh, I am. This is Kira McPherson. I I am really interested in that discussion as well. I'm concerned that a lot of recycling that's going on is basically greenwashing, and that the uh, that it's very carbon budget intensive. And as you guys all know, we have basically no carbon budget left. So I would really welcome a, a really healthy discussion about our recycling program, who we're supporting, what we're recycling, if everything that we are recycling is uh, scientifically justifiable. And again, I wanna make sure that we're not involved in any greenwashing, that, that we are really honest about what we're doing when we're recycling. Does anybody have any thoughts about that? This is Jasmine Morris. Oh, go ahead, Kay. 
I, I was just going to say, uh, Kate Johnson, uh, SAD member, I am very interested in businesses recycling. We had to contract with a separate um, community service, and I checked on that a couple of years ago during COVID. Our outlets for recycling ended, so um, it, the city of, of Lawrence was not able to provide businesses with recycling. And in the meantime, since that time has passed, maybe what Jasmine is going to say is that they're still working on it uh, because that was the uh, what I got when I called and asked about it. But I am interested. This is Steve Kramer, uh, board member. Uh, this is something I've actually had a couple of conversations with already. Because uh, as a small business owner, we are engaged in recycling of our materials. And I was surprised that Lawrence did not have anything for business, uh, commercial sites. Um, and in fact, we have to go out and drop a lot of our stuff off at the county recycling centers uh, because the city doesn't support them as far as we can tell. I got a lot of answers on that about it has been reviewed over a couple of years ago. There was a budgetary problem, resource problem. Uh, Kay, it wasn't you I talked to, was it? It was somebody else? I don't I remember know. The name. No, it wouldn't have been me. I don't work for the city of Lawrence, but um, but well, I, I, got, I am I got very a, interested. In I got a long discussion on this, and this is something, Stan knows this is something that I was intending to bring up as a topic, but I've been pursuing it on the side just to find out the background. Uh, there is a lot of inertia uh, about how it didn't work out. And supposedly there was also a survey downtown where the downtown businesses were not interested. Um, I'm just not much of a believer in that. And I think it's something that just needs to be championed because it's such an easy piece as long as we can approach the budget side. Uh, and I think there's some different ways we can approach that. There's a lot of city models after already, but this is a topic that has been looked at. And I think it's been, if I understood the explanations correctly, discarded as being cumbersome and i don't think that's probably a good enough answer and i do think this is something that will be on our agenda i know it's online this is jasmine Moore, sustainability director i just wanted to make sure that i captured um the the whole conversation so uh, it sounds like there's some energy around uh, receiving a presentation and conversation with staff on recycling, uh, specifically recycling for businesses and understanding um, the current state of that. Um, I heard that uh, there is interest in having a conversation about positioning the city and the county to best take advantage of the infrastructure bill and funding opportunities that are coming soon. I know there's been some conversations uh, internally about that, so I can follow up internally and see um, what would be helpful to share with this group as well. And then the third one that I heard uh, was getting more information about not only just recycling, but um, how the landfill works uh, and other infrastructure like water and wastewater. Um, some of that can be done through tours, uh, but if there's other information that you would like to have as a part of this meeting, I can help arrange for presentations. Um, so those are the three things that I heard. I just wanted to check back and make sure that I captured everything. 
also the event stand. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say Stan did mention that event too. I don't know if that yes. can be spread through the. Um, Got it. And, and Stan, uh, Steve, maybe you saw this as you went through this stuff, but it, it's the June meeting. There's a link there for the presentation by municipal services, and it does include some data on household recycling, like how much uh, some financial data as, as well as how much they collected. And I think he did say something with his words during that about commercial recycling, but it, it's not in the presentation. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but I think, or, or maybe it was a Veen that was presenting at that point. But those people, I think, are the ones that would, would also be on the inside track for thinking about um, that commercial uh, recycling line. Uh, Jasmine would know better than me. Um, I will say that I learned that they do have a private company that does offer their services to commercial. It's fairly expensive. Um, Jasmine, the person, one of the people that I've been talking to is Michelle Gundy. I can send your contact info if you don't know her. Yep, I know Michelle. Um, I just want to do a time check. It's 724 and our, the next meeting is waiting to start at 730. So I just wanted to um, see if there was any last minute things. Uh, and uh, Victor, if you had public comment on anything else, um, this would be an opportunity to do that. Thank you. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, just voicing on what Stanley said, um, I think I think it would be pertinent also to explore a system for uh, disposing of compostable, not just for residents, but also also for businesses, because there is a lot of compostables that are going to the landfill and shouldn't go there. That's one thing, but also establish guidance or regulation to promote sustainability practices for businesses and institutions in Lawrence. I go to KU and uh, while we all want to do the right thing, sometimes institutions and businesses end up purchasing things that are not recyclable at all. For example, styrofoam. Those things just go everywhere and there is no regulation nor a place to recycle those things. So if there is regulation for institutions and businesses and people for the, the things that we could we, that the city recycles or not, that could be helpful too. And one last thing, um, also with those tours that were mentioned, I think it will be also helpful for them, for them to tell the city uh, of Lawrence what they can recycle and they, what they cannot recycle and what are the best practices to do so. Because as, as people, we consume a lot of products and they come in mixed materials and while the carton of milk says that is recyclable, we don't know and nobody knows if we need to take the plastic um, thing of it. So it's, it's, those are very, very small things, but everyone buys milk and if all of those things are a problem that we don't know if they're being taken care of or looked at. So those, that, that kind of thing. So those tours can also serve for uh, the waste management people to shed some lighting on the good practices to dispose of trash. That was great, Victor, thank you. I hope we'll see you again um, next month and I hope you tell any of your friends or you know, colleagues or peers to come. This is gonna take all of us and uh, we really need some diverse voices. So thank you for that. Um, and so, I'm sorry, did someone have a comment? I said, of course. Okay, thank you. Um, all right, that adjourns today's meeting. Have a good night, everybody.